Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome LFC family and friends. I am so grateful that you're with us today. As we come to the end of May, you know, May's been set aside as Mental Health Awareness Month. And much has been written and shared about mental health. And and we know firsthand uh, what's happened the past 14 months around us, the additional impact upon the mental well-being of people. And as we begin our teaching today on living transformed, I would like to pray. God, you call us. You call us to love you and allow your love to flow into our lives. And you call us to love our neighbors as ourselves the one who's weak, the one who's strong, the one who's happy and the one who's sad, the one who's enjoying mental wellness today and the one who's struggling with mental illness today, the one whom we understand and the one we don't, the one who's embraced and the one who is shunned, the one who is like us and the one who's different. Help us to love and be loved. Help us to know we are safe with you. Heal us, restore us, renew us. And we come trusting in your abundant love. You know, we hear this phrase a lot, I'm under stress. And someone wise will usually say, why be under it when you can rise above it? So let me ask you the question, how is your stress level these days? You know, stress at its core is simply a threat that's real or perceived. You know, when you're under stress, your your blood pressure rises, your pulse quickens, your adrenaline shoots through your body. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you're about to get hit by a truck. Your stress response says, get out of the way. And that's good. But when stress becomes chronic and your body never shuts down, you know, study shows that that chronic kind of stress is damaging to your brain and deadly to your body. It can kill you. The, the, the verse for this series has been Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The rapid fire thinking that can create worry and anxiety and stress. I mean, God made these brains just amazing. They're they're just great computers, better than anything man could do. But what if we could take our thinking and change it? What if we could move from stressed to blessed? Well, When Paul tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, he knows for sure what tricks our minds can play on us. Chronic stress never shuts down. It really is a mental health issue, and it starts right here between your ears in the mind. So if you're tired and a bit worn down, uh, the next three weeks are going to be critical for us. Uh, And next week is a very special week with a very important guest who will help us in person. And we'll even record him so all of you can have a part of what he's going to share with you. And then the following week, we're going to pick that theme up again. I'll be teaching more about this. Actually, I'm a little stressed out trying to figure it all out. Well, I'm just being facetious. You know, as we think, I want to remember the words of Jesus. In John 14, 27, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. That's what we should be thinking about. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So before we look at our main text today, allow me to identify several things that are sources of stress in these days. And I'm really going to key in on just a few of them. The the first one is worry. You know, there's more to worry about these days than five years ago or 20 years ago. I mean, parents have to worry about things today that parents yesterday didn't have to worry about. Social media, the internet, so much more. I mean, identity theft, human trafficking. You know, back in the very dark ages, you didn't have to worry about losing your cell phone. There were no cell phones. The second thing is hurry. Now, we know about hurry. You know, one good thing about 2020 is it slowed most people down. I watched recently Apple TV, and they came out with an amazing documentary on the world. It was called The Year the Earth Changed. In summary, the lockdown created a unique experiment that was thrown light on the impact we have on the natural world. The stories of how wildlife responded with no people milling about and how smog levels were changed globally and how the water was cleaner and pure. I mean, the difference it makes when there's less hurry and less travel and less and the change it went through this world of ours. But people will pick up the pace. They'll run the race again and the earth will change. You see, hurry comes from the increasing pace in our life. And 2020 did help us. It helped us to realize what was important. And so many people were saying, let's get back to normal. Hurry up. Let's move. Let's get back to normal. And everything going faster and faster and information coming at us at faster rates of speed. And speed creates stress. Now, we try to move quick. And in in some areas, the crowds cause for slowdown. I mean, if you've ever been on the freeway, the 101 going down south, or you ever been on the 405 or the 5, traffic causes stress. You know, one study said in the 75 largest cities in America, pre-COVID, of course, that Americans could waste over 4 billion hours waiting in traffic jams. Just imagine the amount of productivity lost in those hours. That wasted over 6 billion, with a B, gallons of gasoline while people were stuck in traffic. Oh, oh yeah, let's get back to normal. Let's raise our stress. Let the church at large have large numbers of nominal Christians again. No way. You see, God is on the move, and he's at work in us and through us to create a church like never before and to have his followers move from being stressed to blessed. And the third thing is fear, the fear of the future. It's the the list of the what-ifs. You know, as I was looking at Scripture for overcoming stress, I kept being drawn back to our series, Confident in the Shepherd, based on Psalm 23. Now, trust me, I'm not going to reheat that series, but I want to go back to that text, Psalm 23, because it will help us today to move from stress to blessed. So let me read it to you. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful, peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, wow, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is the most beloved Psalm in the Bible. And it's not by accident because it gives comfort to people for thousands and thousands of years. And the responses I received as we went through it as a series were so encouraging. You know, as we read it, we understand each of these metaphors is telling you and me, the sheep, as we're called, how to lower our stress. It's a model of stress management. I love what Solomon said in Proverbs 14.30. It's the peace of mind that makes the body healthy. And we've talked about mastering our thought life. We talked about that. And we talked about filling our minds with peace. I wonder how many of you would like to live longer. You know, if you're, you're live in the chat, why don't you just say that, yes, that's me, I do. I want to live longer. I want to live longer. Well, if that's really your dream and, and your hope, have a long and fruitful life, Proverbs 14.30 in the New Living Testament says, a relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. It's your thinking, your attitude that can make or break you. So I want to use Psalm 23 as a backdrop to come up with some spiritual habits that reduce stress. Spiritual habits that reduce stress. You see, God really can meet our needs. And if you rely on yourself or on the government or on your friends to meet your needs, you'll always be frustrated. You're going to be disappointed because they can't measure if you rely on, well, if you rely on yourself, if you rely on your spouse, if you rely on your best friends, if you rely on your kids, nobody can meet all your needs. No man, no woman, no child. Only God can meet all of your needs. So the first antidote to stress, and this is important, and you could write it down, is to trust fully in God to meet all my needs. Trust fully in God. And by the way, God knows if you trust him, you can't fool him. The first thing David says is, we need to be people who trust in God. I look to God to meet all my needs. And that calms me down. That way I'm not going to be disappointed because I'm going to fully trust in God. This single change in your thinking makes all the difference in your world. So stop looking to other people to meet your needs. And if you stop looking to your husband or your wife or your kids or your grandkids to meet all your needs, your stress will go down dramatically. Well, here's a lesson. Don't place your security in things that you can lose. What can you lose? Well, how about this? What can't you lose? You can't lose God's love. You can't lose his faithfulness. You can't lose Jesus and his salvation, God's promises, eternal life, the power and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Sure, enjoy your friendships, enjoy your family, enjoy your influence that God gives you. 
Enjoy a place of serving here at LFC and in our community. Enjoy fellowship. Enjoy sports. Enjoy a good meal. Enjoy a good cup of coffee. But lean in on God and what he can do for you because he'll never let you down. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. The Bible says in, in Romans 8 that since God did not even spare his own son for us, but gave him up for us, won't he also surely give us everything we need? The logic is obvious. If God loved you enough to send Jesus Christ to die on a cross, don't you think he loves you enough to take care of every one of your needs in this life? I stop expecting other people to meet the needs that only God can meet. It's a freeing day. Too much to put your life being fulfilled on a friend, on a person, on a spouse. There's no one who could possibly meet all your emotional and physical and mental and spiritual needs. So David says, I'm not going to look to other people to meet my needs. I'm going to look to God. The Lord is my shepherd, so I have all that I need. The first step to stress reduction is worship, to focus on God, to stop focusing on or expecting people or situations or circumstances to meet your needs. I love what Isaiah says, Isaiah 30, 15. The sovereign Lord says, only in returning to me and waiting for me will you be saved. Watch this. In quietness and confidence is your strength. So every time you start to get stressed out, You need to pause and say, the Lord's my shepherd. I have everything I need. I have absolute everything that I need because God's going to take care of me. I'm going to look to God to meet all of my needs. And Lord, we put our trust in you. The second thing is to obey God's instruction about rest. So much of the stress in life comes from hurry. Always working always on your phone, on your iPad, on Instagram, on Facebook, on the news channels. Now, if you know me, you know I run pretty hard and wear lots of hats. I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a grandpa, I'm a pastor. Hey, I'm an HR director. I'm a teacher. I'm a leader. I'm a regional leader for Foursquare. I'm a chaplain for our police and fire departments, honorary commander at Vandenberg Air Force Base. I'm a coach and I mentor to young leaders and church planters and The list goes on and on. And I used to feel great about showing everyone all the things that I do and how I do it. And even at my older age, I didn't say old age, older age, I'm taking baby steps to doing less, to working smarter and not working harder, knowing I cannot and will not ever catch up with my to-do list. And I know I can never meet up to everyone's expectations or demand. Can't do it. But here's good news. I love what author and pastor John Ortberg said. He said, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. Some of you people are saying amen. (laughs) But you look to God to meet your needs, and then you obey God's instructions about rest. Think about this. If God had wanted, he could have created human beings without the need for sleep. You ever thought about it? Why did he create you with the need for sleep? By the way, don't, don't fall asleep now. <laughs> but you'll spend one-third of your life asleep because God wants us to learn the importance of rest. Rest is so important that God even modeled it for us. On the seventh day, God rested. Why did he rest? 
Well, he was tired. No, he's eternal. He never sleeps nor slumbers, the Bible tells us. God never needs a nap. But he was modeling the importance of rest for you and for me. God created Sabbath. And Jesus even talked about it when he said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, God said, I created this idea of you taking time off, take a day off every seven days or so for rest, recreation, worship, restoration. It's God's idea. It's for our benefit. And it's so you don't fry your engines. That's why Psalm 23, 2 says, he makes me lie down. I've read that Psalm a million times. And it was just this week as I was preparing this message that I saw that phrase, he makes me. You see, when sheep are nervous and anxious, they don't want to rest. But he makes me implies that he forces us to lay down. Because sheep aren't smart enough to rest when they get tired. So the shepherd, he knows how to make them lie down. And if you're not smart enough to get the rest that you need and take the day off every week for rest, your body will make sure that you do it. Because your body, as the great book says, your body keeps score. You see, God's wired your body in such a way that if you don't take time off, your body will make you take time off. Getting enough sleep is essential to stress management. Why? Because my best requires rest. My best requires rest. My best in relationships, my best in serving the Lord, my best in my job, my best in raising my kids, and the list goes on and on. Now, I, I've had some seasons when I've run really hard and people coming with demands and needs and, and loss and tragedy and pain and running the church and working hard and, and your tanks get low and depleted. And you end up having to make big decisions. You've had to make them too. And it's not easy. And when you're depleted, you cannot give away what you do not possess. My best requires rest. Moms and dads, take notice of that. And I know when you're a parent, especially when your kids are young, it's hard, but you're not wasting time when you're relaxing. You're not wasting time when you're resting. And what am I supposed to do on my Sabbath? Well, let me, let me give you three things that you're supposed to do on your Sabbath. You're supposed to rest your body, refocus your spirit, and recharge your emotions. Rest your body refocus your spirit, and, and recharge your emotions. Physical rest. You rest your body on the Sabbath, and you refocus your spirit, and you use the Sabbath to recharge your emotions. That's what recreation does. Whether you walk or, or bike or fish or hike or bird watch or just sit and think about God, You've done your devotions, you, you, you read the scriptures, and you wrote down your soap, your scripture, observation, application, and your prayer, and you worship God, and you give him thanks, and it refills your tank. I've said it many times. Sometimes I'll use a whiteboard to talk about what fills your tank and what drains your tank. Make sure you identify those. This is what drains my tank, and this is what fills my tank. And on Sabbath, Disconnect from the drainers and connect to the fillers. When was the last time you did something that just restored you and re-energized you? Now, here's a little bit of a confession. Most of you know my story, but some of you may not. 
You know, I was raised by immigrant parents, survivors of World War II, and, and my dad, a survivor of the Holocaust. Their work ethic was off the charts. And I was raised with a monstrous work ethic. So let me tell you, lots of times, I feel guilty when I relax. But wait, Jesus didn't. See, when you studied Jesus' ministry, he often took time to relax. He'd go out and, and do some incredible ministry, intensive, extensive ministry. And then he'd tell his disciples, hey, guys, we need to come apart for a while. And he often got apart even from his guys where he was alone. They'd go off into the mountains. They'd go off into the desert. They would come apart. I've heard it said that if you don't come apart, you're going to come apart. So Jesus didn't feel guilty about it at all. You know, in some of my study, I found out that during the French Revolution, the French government canceled the Sabbath. That's right. They said, we're going to have a seven-day work week so more production can happen. A revolution? Yeah, a mess. And after a couple of years, they had to reinstate the Sabbath because the health of the nation had crumbled. I heard about a guy who said to his pastor, Pastor, I try to get a hold of you all day on Monday. The pastor said, I'm sorry. That, that, that's my day off. That's my Sabbath. And the man said, well, the devil never takes a day off. And the pastor said, yeah. And if I don't take a day off, I'd just be like the devil. <laughs> but if you don't get enough rest, you'll become angry. You'll say things you know really are not you. <laughs> you'll have to apologize for them. It'll hurt people. And in those moments, the more weary you become, it's like a magnet towards things that come towards you. In other words, when you're really weak and you're worn out, it seems like more things come your way. And if you're not careful, they'll pile up and topple you over. I look to God to meet all my needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I obey in his instructions about rest. And I'm growing that in that, and I invite you to grow with me. The third thing is we recharge our souls with beauty. And let me stop for a moment. What's beautiful to you? What is really beautiful to you? What's incredibly important to you when it comes to beauty? Because that will be incredibly important for your stress management. Ugliness stresses you out. Beauty inspires. Beauty encourages Creativity and beauty motivate. Beauty stirs up good things. And that's why in Psalm 23, when he says he makes me lie down, where does he take us? Green pastures, calm and quiet waters. And that's where he restores our soul. Interesting that he restores our souls. He recharges our souls with the beautiful things that he created. You ever thought about why God made the world so beautiful? Look at the sunrise and the, the sunset, beautiful flowers that some are never even seen. And all of these sights around the world that the human eye will never even see and some that we do see. God created a world of splendor and beauty and majesty. He could have made this just a desolate, dusty, gray planet. No, God created a planet with vibrant colors. He could have made everything taste the same. But no, he made our taste buds able to taste sweet and sour and spicy and cool and calm. And 
Have you heard anybody say that, that I feel so close to God in nature? Of course you do. People that get near the giant redwood trees say, I, I feel close to God out here. Or people on our coastline at Halama Beach or Surf Beach or Pismo Beach, they go, wow, I feel close to God out here in nature or climbing up the mountains around us. You know, 1 Timothy 6.17 says, command those who are rich in the things of this life not to be proud, but to place their hope not in such uncertain things as riches, but in God who generously gives us everything for our enjoyment. And there's your answer. As we are people of generosity and called to be generous, we recognize a God who's generous, who made everything for us to enjoy. The the psalmist says, he makes me lie down in beautiful, lush, green meadows and leads us beside quiet waters. He restores our soul. I think we can visualize everything that the psalmist is telling us. I think we can visualize the green meadows and the calm and the quiet lake. You realize just what God has done for us and where he wants to take us. It's nature that refreshes many of us. It's beauty that inspires us. You and I need beautiful scenes. You need to see the beautiful scenes around us and hear the beautiful sounds around us. And we need to see those things and allow them to add beauty to our lives. Now, now during the, the pandemic, there were some people who never came outside. I heard about a lady who never even went outside her door. 10 months, 11 months, 12 months. And yet mental health experts say, get outside every day. If you're not going to get outside every day, your stress level is going to go up higher. Even if it's just in your backyard, even if it's just a walk around the block, even if it's just to take your lunch outside, even if it's to walk outside of the office and sit outside and look up at a tree while you eat your lunch. You need to get in touch with God's creation. Now, this may seem simplistic. When was the last time you just took a drive and turned off the radio? Didn't try to grab your phone or look at any device and you just concentrated on the beauty around you. It was a few years ago, I was under a great amount of stress, and I had to go to Los Angeles for a meeting with our, our Foursquare national leaders, and I was going southbound on the 101, and good thing I had extra time. And I pulled over to the side of the highway and just looked at the ocean, an ocean that we've seen many, many times, 101 southbound. And man, God filled my heart not just my car, as I looked at the beauty of the ocean that he created. Hey, start the day with God and not just media. Before you go and read any text messages, before you check your email, and I'm guilty of the wrong thing, before you turn on any podcast or radio or morning show, get in touch with God first. You know, counselors tell us that the first seven to 10 minutes of your day Set your mood every day. And part of the beauty, too, is worship. For God made you and for me to be people of worship. More songs written about Jesus than any other subject in human history. More books have been written about Jesus than any other subject in history. More artwork 
has been created about the Bible and to honor and glorify God and Jesus than any other subject in history. Why? Because God gave us those things for a reason. And those artists that created them expressed their emotion. That's the only purpose, the only purpose of it. See, you don't need art and worship, and you don't even need a beautiful landscape for survival. You can physically survive without any of that. But to be who God made you to be, you fill your life with art, and you fill your life with the beauty around us, and you fill your life with music. Yeah, we're going to talk more about this very subject, but I want to end with Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 9. Listen to this version. I love this. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side, working with them, not against them. Don't fret. Don't worry. And instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Blessed, not stressed. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true and noble and reputable, authentic and compelling and gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, there it is, and not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most Excellent harmonies. Whatever you give your attention to is going to either raise or lower your stress. Let's focus on God and his son, Jesus. And please, I know I said it, don't miss next week and the following week because I want your soul and your emotions to be healthy. So Lord, I know there are many people who are tired and worn out by life. Father, stress is not your calling for us. Being stressed out by worry or fear or conflict or criticism. And there's rudeness and ugliness of people all around us. But we call to you. We look to you to meet all of our needs. For you are God and you are so good. We're leaning on the everlasting arms that places us on the rock that stands. Oh, my God, so good. You never give up on us. Thank you for rest. Thank you for love. Thank you for salvation and for forgiveness. And if you're suffering with mental health issues, call someone, speak up, and know that God is there for you. Feel free to reach out to us, and we can lead you in the right direction as well. My prayer is that goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And it may be a, a new day for someone out there to give your life to Jesus Christ and to invite him to take over every area, every area of your life and of your mind. Let's replace our stress with serenity that God gives. In your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. 
We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.